Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like Geppetto We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, but you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind What is good? It is I, DJ Eastwood, running back Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros. I've been a fraud this season, man. Missing a couple games, missing a couple post-game lives. Um, But I'm here, man. I'm feeling good. And, uh, you know, got up today. Good energy. Watched this whole game. And uh, I really wanted to come on here and, and, and get some Eagles talk going on on the channel because it's been a minute and uh, I'm absolutely bored out of my mind with the Philadelphia 76ers. But before we get into everything that just happened in the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tennessee Titans game, please hit the like button on this stream. It's the only way we can push this content through the YouTube algorithm is by hitting that little thumbs up. I appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand new. 30% of people that watch these shows are not subscribed to the channel. It's fraudulent behavior. Hit the notification bell. If your notifications aren't working, turn them off, turn them back on. Notifications are weird. Uh, these are now on Apple Podcasts and any other podcast platform that you can think of in beautiful mastered audio. Thank you to Merkel Media. So go ahead and uh, you know listen to the show on the podcast if you're driving, if you're mowing the lawn, whatever you're doing. And if you could, do us a big favor and go leave the podcast on Apple Podcasts a review. All right. All right, man. Let's get down to business. The Philadelphia Eagles are 11 and 1 in 2022. They are 11 and 1. Their quarterback Jalen Hurts is arguably the most valuable player in the NFL. People, you know, some people said he's going to be MVP this year. I thought you sounded absolutely crazy for saying that. Turns out I was crazy. You were not crazy. Uh, he's just playing a perfect, perfect football season. He's patient. He's methodical. He's calculated. He's accurate. He's doing everything the right way. Uh, and it's every single week. It's it's blowing my mind. Uh, I guess by the end of the season, maybe I'll get used to it. But I'm um, I'm very happy that Jalen Hurts has proven me wrong. Uh, as far as his ability to lead a team 
from the pocket throwing accurate footballs down the field. That's what I was always saying. We knew he was athletic. We knew he could get the game done on, on, on his with his legs, with a, with a strong offensive line, all those things. When the defense forces you to throw from the pocket, can you get it done? He couldn't do that last year, at least against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a couple other games. Um, this year, he's doing that, man. And I'm seeing him make multiple reads. You know, when they show those replays, you can really see his eyes. You can really see what he's doing in the pocket, looking down the field. You're seeing him make multiple reads. He's just playing out of his mind. I did say if Jalen Hurts throws for 400 yards in a game, I will buy five Hurts season hats from Lord Brunson, and I will give out four of them. Unfortunately for everybody, he finished today's game with 380 yards because the game was over, and they pulled him uh, late in the fourth quarter and put in Gardner. Minshew. Before I get into the game details, also I want to say this. All any other NFL fan base is saying about the Philadelphia Eagles is their strength of schedule, their strength of schedule, their strength of schedule. These people are acting like we are playing the Green Bay Packers every week who haven't been good. That's just a team that came to get off the top of my head. Who else is a bad team? Uh, the Houston Texans. They're acting like we're playing the Houston Texans every week. It's just a curve of perception when you have a team that's as strong and as complete as the Philadelphia Eagles are on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. They're just going to be very, very good. So every team on the schedule basically is a weaker team than we are. So if we play every team in the NFL, the only teams that are on paper that that match up with us strength-wise on both sides of the ball, there's like two of them. It's the Chiefs and the Bills. Throw some others out there, but that's really it. So unless you're playing the Chiefs or the Bills every single week, your schedule's not strong enough. Nah, maybe the rest of the NFL is just clearly weaker than the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all I'm saying. I'm looking down the schedule. I'm seeing the, the Vikings we beat in the beginning of the season without an issue. The Tennessee Titans were looking strong. At 7-4, and four, strong run game. Derrick Henry, good pocket passer. Ryan Tannehill, good offensive line. Not a bottom defense in the NFL. We handled them 35-10. to 10. We took care of a good team that has beaten plenty of teams in the NFL with no issues. We took care of them with no issues. Let's look at the Tennessee Titans and who's, who they've beaten so far this season. The Raiders, the Colts, the Commanders, the Colts, the Texans, the Broncos, the Packers. They beat some teams. They lost to the Bills 41-7. to They lost to the Giants by a point. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. This team took the Kansas City Chiefs into overtime. They beat Green Bay 27-17. They beat Denver 17-10. to 
They had some good wins against some tough opponents. We took care of them 35 to 10. The game wasn't close ever from the start. I need people to under, start understanding how strong this Eagles team is on both sides of the ball. We're beating up teams every single week. That doesn't make our schedule incredibly weak. It just makes us that good. From the beginning of this game, I thought I saw a lot of strategy. Absolutely going to hang my cat from the ceiling. Every time. Every time I go live, my cat's like, hey, are you live? Let me in the room. Anyway, <laughs> from the start of this game, I thought I saw creativity defensively to stop the run. I thought that was John Gannon's main focus. Uh, to start the game, we've been a weak rush defense team for 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 a couple of weeks now. I guess you could say the majority of the season. We, we had a couple of games where we gave up a lot of rushing yards. The middle of the defensive line was has been weak. Uh, you know, Jordan Davis has been out. Uh, we signed a Dominican Sue to try to help that interior, you know, rush defense. Um, but it hasn't been strong. And. We face the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, so we're we're, we're thinking. You know, I, I'm I was thinking, and I, I think a lot of people were thinking. Um, you know, we know we can score points. We know we know we're a good team offensively. We know we're a great team offensively. Actually, we're probably the best team offensively in the NFL. I don't think anybody can argue against that right now. I didn't compare the numbers to other teams, but that's what it looks like to me. But I thought we'll probably struggle defensively with the run. Stopping Derrick Henry. Uh, to start the game, I saw a lot of different looks in the box from Gannon, right? I saw Bradbury make a play on a run play up at the line of scrimmage. I saw safeties up at the line of scrimmage. I saw a safety coming down. I saw a corner coming in. I saw a lot of different looks, a lot of different things going on to try to stuff the run. And I like that. And I think we knew that we could do that. And if we could succeed at slowing down the run, which the Titans play a pretty traditional style of football, right? Run the ball up the middle, first down, probably second down. Hopefully you have a third and short and you can throw it, get a first down and do it all over again. I didn't watch every Titans game this season, obviously, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead out on a limb and say that that's pretty much what they do. So we thought if we stuff the box, and we get that run slowed down right off the bat, that's going to mess up their whole entire game plan, and that's exactly what happened. Also, Ryan Tannehill having the injured ankle taped up, we knew we could, we can fly at him, and he's probably not going to get he's probably not going to get a whole lot of make a whole lot of plays with his legs, you know. So so we felt like he was a little bit incapacitated as far as being mobile, so we could really bring the heat with the defensive line. 
coming coming down on him without any fear that he was going to bounce to the outside and run on us. He did run a couple times, which I was impressed with. I was like, damn, look at Brian Tannehill out here. You know, I thought he was one of those statue quarterbacks. I guess he is kind of known for being able to run a little bit, but with a hurt ankle, uh, he got away a couple times for some extended some plays for some first downs or whatever, but nothing major. And the second half of the game, you started to feel like, hey, <laughs> like you started to kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, get him out of here, bro. He's just getting killed. They're, they're just they're just bringing him out here, dropping him back, and he's getting pummeled every single time. And then eventually they pulled him out uh, in the second half of the fourth quarter when it was 28 to 10, I think it was, or or, or maybe they, they, they pulled him out after we went up 35 to 10. But um, I thought our strategy was to stuff the run, which we did. Derrick Henry, who averages... Bro, what is the average? What is the average? Over 100 yards a game versus AFC regular season rushing. He has 10 touchdowns. Uh, he has. There's no way that says 278 yards per game. Is that the Titans in general? Anyway, it's 203. 117 away. He's averaging a lot of yards per game. Uh, he's first in the NFL in attempts. He's second in the NFL in total rushing yards. He's third in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. And he averages 4.2 yards per carry. We held Derrick Henry to 11 carries for 30 yards. 11 carries for 30 yards. I'm going to say that's the best anybody's done against Derrick Henry this season. Unless he was injured a couple games or whatever. But I'm going to say that's the best anybody's done against Derrick Henry this season. So I thought our strategy to to stuff the run right off the bat worked perfectly. And, uh, you know, then the the Titans were forced to throw the ball and we took advantage of the fact that Ryan Tannehill can't move (laughs) and we started pounding him into the ground. There was a billion penalties in this game for some reason. We had seven false starts in the first half. Uh, that was weird. The game, there was a lot of weird parts of the game. I thought that was odd. That was that was uncharacteristic of the Philadelphia Eagles to be that undisciplined. And you got offensive linemen just jumping off sides left and right. I don't think I've ever seen seven false starts in a first half uh, in my life watching football. But even with all of the penalty yards, um, we still took care of this team 35 to 10. No problem whatsoever. AJ Brown versus his former team. AJ Brown was a man on a mission in this game. Um, you know, you, you go back to the team that traded you. The team that you were you were a top five receiver in the NFL. You you were a stud. You were you were Tannehill's number one target. You were, you were just known. You were just known. You did, you know. And, and as a player, I feel like you, he, you probably feel like you gave so much to an organization, and you performed so well, and you produced every single Sunday at a very, very high level, and you get to the point where it's contract extension time, and they trade you. Yeah, you feel you feel some type of way. You feel some type of way getting to play your former team when that happens. So he gets to play his former team, uh, and he uh, 
he made the most of that. AJ Brown has had a slow couple of weeks. Uh, they said he was sick. He he you know he didn't look himself. I feel like for a couple of games, uh, two weeks ago, I think he had one catch for seven yards. So he was in a little bit of a slump, and and, and he didn't look right physically. He didn't look a hundred percent like himself. Uh, so he comes into this game with not only wanting to perform against his former team that traded him, but he wants to get out of that little two-game slump that he was in and start to feel better physically and start to feel more like himself. And he comes out here and has eight catches for 119 yards and two touchdowns uh, on 10 targets. Uh, just monstrous. Monstrous for AJ Brown. Um, you know he had the one down the right sideline. I thought the one drive was funny. Devonte had a catch along the sideline that they challenged. It was a four-yard completion in the second quarter, and I was like, "You're challenging a four-yard completion in the second quarter." Um, they challenged that. They win it. So we go back to third and fifteen, and immediately Jalen Hurts hits. I believe Jack. Driscoll, or or not Driscoll, I'm sorry, tight end stole, uh, Jack stole um, over the middle for a 17-yard gain, and I say, ball don't lie, you know? A couple of plays later, maybe the next play, we go down the right sideline to A.J. Brown, 41 yards, and his toe is just out of bounds by about seven centimeters. Very next play, A.J. Brown on the left side, double move, truck sticks the defensive back, plows him into the ground. I don't know if the guy was really hurt or he stayed down there to try to get an offensive, like, I don't know what he, I don't know what happened there, but A.J. was completely wide open uh, for a touchdown. And he gets another touchdown down the left sideline in the second half of the game, being bear-hugged. Yeah, I feel like they didn't know what to do with A.J. Brown. And the the, the the broadcasters on this play kept saying it was good coverage. I, I just, he was hugging him all the way down the sideline. Uh, and Jalen Hurts dropped the ball right in between A.J. Brown and the defensive back while he was being bear-hugged down the sideline. You just couldn't stop him. There's nothing you could do with him, you know? So A.J. Brown gets his against his former team. Uh, Devontae Smith had five catches for 102 yards and a touchdown, and I thought that was our strategy, too. You know, I think Tennessee probably came out with their focus on A.J. Brown, saying, listen, A.J.'s going to come for us. A.J.'s going to probably have one of his best games of the season because he's just going to have a little bit more fire under him playing against us. So I think our strategy was, hey, they're probably going to be mostly focused on A.J. Let's get Devontae going early. And we get Devontae going early. A couple of plays, a couple of catches couple little short out routes, um, and then you hit him on the post over the middle uh, for the touchdown. And on that play specifically, I remember that replay where Hertz threw that post over the middle to, to Devontae Smith. You could see Hertz make multiple reads, standing in the pocket, standing, and, and, and just that's something that I, I, I didn't think he was going to develop. That's something he did not have last year or the year before. I know people keep coming at me. What What did you say last year? Or I like seeing these tweets that say, where's all the people that say Hurts couldn't throw? He was not doing this last season. <laughs> That's just a fact. 
He's doing it right now. He's doing it all season long, and it's it's incredible. And I'm I'm happy he's doing it. I'm happy I was wrong about him being able to develop that or, or change whatever he changed in one off season. Um, but that play specifically, watching his eyes and watching him make multiple reads, that's it for Jalen Hurts. That was really his only weakness. Can you stand in the pocket and make multiple reads? And beat a team with your arm. And I know Cowboys fans keep bringing up his total rushing touchdowns. And look, he's still running the ball and he still hardly throws it. They're not actually watching games. They're not actually watching these things that he's doing. He finished the game with 380 yards. Uh, his final stats. 9.7 average. Three touchdowns. Zero interceptions. Again, he's just not making mistakes at all. He was 29 for 39 and a passer rating of 130.3. Um, He's just been incredible. I love the fact that he throws the ball deep. Another thing that, you know, they were kind of last season, they were, they were kind of trying to, I don't want to say high deficiencies, but I think that's really what it was. We were trying to be a ground heavy team because we didn't trust the fact that Jalen could, could get the ball down the field like that accurately. Uh, but this season, we know he can do it. He knows he can do it. The confidence is there. And I love this taking shots down the field several times a game because, that's first of all, that's fun football. Everybody likes that kind of football. Everybody wants to see the quarterback drop deep in the pocket and throw the ball 50 yards. Everybody wants to see that. So it's fun football, but it's also the confidence that he knows he can throw the ball that deep. He knows he can lead a receiver. He knows he can put the ball on the money. And he's just doing it every time he lets it fly. I have barely seen an inaccurate pass from Jalen Hurts this season. Like one here and there. There was like one this game that I remember that was on a third down that was like a deep out to AJ or something and he left it like three yards short. The one where he got the pass interference with AJ on the left sideline, he threw that short, but I think he was going for a back shoulder catch. So that one might have been more intentional. But he's backing up. He's taking chances, but they're calculated. They're methodical. They're strategic. He knows exactly what he's doing. He clearly studies the game every single day. He's a step ahead of the defense. And he's just putting the ball in the money. He's just putting the ball on the money. His backup tight ends, um, Stoll and Calcaterra, uh, you know, when 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 uh, Dallas Goddard went down with the injury and people were saying, oh, my God, we got to sign somebody. We got to trade for a tight end. We absolutely don't have any tight ends. These guys suck. What are we going to do? Uh, you know, we're screwed without Dallas Goddard. It's not true, man. You have tight ends. You have tight ends. If the quarterback can read the field correctly and put the ball where you need to put it, I don't want to say any NFL tight end will suffice, but that's kind of how it is. Look at look how many years Tom Brady threw to a guy that nobody's ever heard of and never heard of again in, in uh, uh, New England. Because he constantly made the right play and put the ball in the money. So yeah, Stoll, Calcaterra, they're not Dallas Goddard. 
They're not going to catch the ball and plow down the sideline and make a couple of moves and run a guy over. They're not a top three, four, five tight end in the NFL, but they're NFL tight ends. Hey, just run her out, get open, and Jalen Hurts is going to put the ball in the money, and that's exactly what he did. Calcaterra had the one long catch for 19 yards. Jack Stoll had three catches. Now I'm on the Titans. Had three catches for 41 yards. Uh, and, and a couple of them were in huge situations, you know, third and long, third and 15, things like that. So without Dallas Goddard, you get four catches for 60 yards from your backup tight ends. Can't be mad at that, can you? I don't think you can be mad at that. Uh, Miles Sanders only had 10 carries for 24 yards. I, I, you know, we couldn't really get anything going on the ground necessarily, but we really didn't have to. Boston Scott, six carries, 16. Gainwell, three carries for 15. Hurts, five carries for 12. He had the touchdown run uh, around the right side. Uh, second drive of the game. Um, the play before that was a quarterback draw up the middle, and I'm kind of tired of seeing that. I'd rather not quarterback draw up the middle. I think you're putting your quarterback in a position to be injured. I know Jalen Hurts is a tank. Jalen Hurts is strong. He can handle it, but you know, I just I'd rather not do quarterback draws up the middle if you don't have to. What's the point? Uh, then he bounces the one to the outside, just outruns the whole defense and scores. And that's where that's where the these things come from from other fan bases, especially Dallas Cowboys fans that that clearly don't watch Eagles games at all, uh, don't even watch the highlights. I don't know where they get some of their takes from, but uh, you know they look at his total touchdowns and they look at his rushing touchdowns versus passing touchdowns, and they say he still can't throw the ball. Look how many rushing touchdowns he has. He still can't throw the ball, bro. If you're on the five yard line. And you have a quarterback that can run the ball into the end zone relatively easily. I think you should probably do that. I think you should probably do that. You know, how are you holding a, a strength against somebody? How is that? A, how is a strength a weakness? How are you holding the fact that he can just run into the end zone because he's big and strong and fast? How are you holding that against him? It doesn't make sense. I had somebody tell me that Dak Prescott is willing to stand in the pocket and take chances, whereas Jalen Hurts will just run the ball. And I was like, so Jalen Hurts should stay in the pocket and throw an interception instead of running the ball is what you're trying to tell me. It doesn't make any sense. They, you know, you know we, we shouldn't even pay attention to these things. But I'm just saying, they, they try to stretch it. They try to invent narratives just to try to say Hurts still can't do it, just to try to say Dak is better. It's They're lying to themselves, and they know they are. And they're going to find out. They're going to find out pretty soon. Um, Let's look at defensive stats. Uh, because, you know, N'Kobe Dean got in the game in the second half, and... <laughs> I didn't even realize it. I saw him make a couple of plays, but I didn't even realize it. And N'Kobe Dean's a guy that obviously was drafted in the second round in last year's draft. Uh, he was arguably the best 
linebacker in college football at Georgia. He anchored uh, one of the best college football defenses in the history of the game with Jordan Davis. And in the beginning of the season, I was saying, where the hell's N'Kobe Dean at? You know, I want to see this rookie play. I want to see a, a young stud linebacker out there making plays. And Jonathan Gannon was was using him here, here and there. Actually, he didn't use him at all for the first couple of games, but uh, I don't remember seeing him yet. Is this the first time he's this can't be the first time he's gotten on the field. I think we've had a couple of games that were pretty much over, you know, late in the second half where he got on the field. But here's an interesting number. N'Kobe Dean, and I, I can't see his total snap count here, but it wasn't a lot, was tied for the most tackles on the defense for the whole game. N'Kobe Dean got in this game and had five solo tackles. Six total tackles and one tackle for a loss. That is a young stud linebacker who's going to be here for a long time. And I hope he continues to get reps because I think he's going to be he's going to be a, a Pro Bowl linebacker. I think that's uh, I just think just seeing what he did today in limited time, he's going to produce like crazy. TJ Edwards had four solo tackles and six total. Uh, Kaiser White had three solo tackles and five total. Those are three good linebackers right there. You know, and I, and we all kind of knew that coming into this season. Uh, Nicobe, again, didn't get his chances in the beginning of this season, but the linebacking core in general is so much better than it's been for the past couple of years. No longer... Are we watching Nate Gary out here trying to guard somebody one-on-one? No longer are we watching Alex Singleton out here trying to guard somebody, trying to pick up a tight end or whatever, getting smoked. Finally, we have guys over the middle that can play the short pass coverage and can step up and stuff the run. We finally have good linebackers, guys. And I think that is so important for a football team. Last year, that was one. Of, the last couple of years, that was one of our biggest weaknesses. You know, we 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 said all the time how it won't draft a linebacker, it won't draft a linebacker. We got some damn good linebackers on this squad right now. The defensive line came up huge in this game, huge. And like I said, when we stopped the run at the beginning of the game and we forced them to throw, and then you start to get pressure on Tannehill you kind of knew they were done. And really, when we got the sack in, in late in the third quarter, might have been in the beginning of the fourth, but we got one sack where he really got pummeled into the ground and he kind of limped over to the sideline. And it was it, it was 28-10, to 10 and the broadcasters are saying, you know, they might just sit him out here. They might not bring him back in. What's the point? You want him to be healthy. You want, you want him to be 100%, you know, for the playoff push, working towards the end of the season. They bring him back in for one series. I have no idea why. We hold him to third down again. And even the broadcasters said, and I said, they're going to throw a little short screen pass here. I'm pretty, I, I remember it. There was three wide receivers on the left side and a tight end, and I thought they were definitely setting up a screen. 
so he didn't drop back in the pocket and get killed again. Lo and behold, Ryan Tannehill does another eight-step drop and gets absolutely sandwiched by who? Javon Hargrave, Josh Sweat, whoever it was. They were just killing him, and that was it. They took him out, and that was the end of the day for Ryan Tannehill. So this all of the all of the strengths of this team. I mean, this team is complete. This is an eleven and one team. That's why I don't understand all of the other fan bases that are acting like we're a fake eleven and one team. The quarterback is strong this season. This is a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. This might be top three quarterback in the entire NFL right now. The offensive line is there. The run game is there. The wide receiver weapons are there. Dallas Goddard is out right now, but the tight end's there. The defensive side of the ball, the defensive line is there. A little weak in the middle with Jordan Davis out, but we signed Indomitian Sue. The linebacking core is strong. Obviously, Bradbury and Slay. The corners are strong. The safeties were strong. You know, with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, that signing, he was leading the NFL in interceptions, and then he gets a lacerated kidney last week. Reed Blankenship, undrafted. Undrafted. I love that kid. I was talking about him in the preseason because I thought he would have, I thought he just had a nose for the football. You know what I'm saying? I loved his instincts. I love the fact that he wants to come up there and pop somebody, man. He was laying people out in the preseason. And he got a chance. He got signed to the training camp roster. And here he is with the opportunity when a player goes down with an injury. Here's Reed Blankenship playing safety. And he's covering the field. He's making the right reads. And he's flying up and he's trying to hit somebody. I love that dude, man. Three solo tackles for Reed Blankenship and a pass deflected at the safety position. I don't see a weakness on this football team. That's why they're 11-1. and one. The only thing we really struggle with is when we don't get pressure on a quarterback like we did today, and then we and then we continue to play our zone coverage and leave things underneath. Certain quarterbacks can pick you apart underneath. You know, uh, Taylor Heineke of Washington Commanders picked us apart underneath when we lost that game. And by the way, who won that game? Commanders-Giants today. Uh, because the commanders are looking a lot better since Carson Wentz went bye-bye. And I would be willing to bet you're not going to see Carson Wentz start for an NFL football team anymore. There's just no reason for it. Uh, But back to the defensive line. Josh Sweat, four tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss. Javon Hargrave, three tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. Brandon Graham, two tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. Fletcher Cox, two tackles and a sack, a tackle for loss. Hassan Reddick, two tackles and a sack. Six total sacks for the Philadelphia Eagles. Five tackles for losses. Somebody tell me, bro. Somebody tell me the weakness. This is an 11-1 football team. It's not because of their schedule. It was a tie. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> It was a tie. That sucks, man. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing a weakness. This is a 100% an 11-1 football team. This is without a doubt the best football team in the NFL right now. And the rest of the league needs to get with it and, and admit it. That's what has to happen. All right? The Philadelphia Eagles total yards 453, the Tennessee Titans 209. We had 26 first downs to their 11 first downs. We had the ball for 32 minutes and 33 seconds. They had the ball for 27. When you're finally playing a team that, that you think is talented, you know, I'm like, finally we're playing a team with a 7-4 and four record who have beaten some decent teams. This is a good test. I was saying this whole week, this is a good test for this Philadelphia Eagles team. If they would have struggled here, if this would have been a nail biter and they would have, they would have, you know, squeaked one out 21 to 20, whatever, that still would have been a good win against a solid team. We smacked this team, bro. It wasn't even close. That tells you something, especially with having 12 penalties for 80 yards. I'm with it, man. I'm happy. I'm excited for this team. I'm excited to see where it goes, man. What's up to everybody in the chat, man? I'll hang out and uh, read some comments, chop it up with you guys. Um, I guess the question is always going to be, you know, until the until the playoffs start, do you think this Philadelphia Eagles team can win a Super Bowl this season? This season? That's my question for the chat. If yes, why? If no, why? Because last offseason, I was like, bro, are you kidding me? And I was watching the training camp and I was doing all the videos on the training camp and getting the getting the clips that you could find of Hurts throwing the ball. And I was saying, hey, damn, it looks like he's really throwing a nice ball. And it turns out he is throwing a nice ball. But I would have said an MVP candidate and, and, and a Super Bowl contender after what we looked like the past couple of years? Josh Sweat was the best player on the field today, not including Hurts. Absolute man. He was unguardable. The swim moves left and right. Uh, just getting around, guys. Yeah, he was, un- he was unguardable. And, and uh, Hargrave on the same side. A lot of times, not even putting a move on an offensive lineman, just pushing them all the way back into Tannehill's lap. We were dominating their offensive line. And I'll say this. Of course, you never know what's going to happen, but if they can continue to dominate with the defensive line, if they can continue, their offense is dominant. The Philadelphia Eagles' offense is dominant. That's That hasn't been a question Yet this season, uh, we put up 35 points. We we struggled in a couple of games, but I don't feel like we ever really struggled to score. You know, we 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 squeaked out that first win against the Lions by putting up 38 points. Uh, our offense is ne- is not the question. That is a solid, well balanced offense. Um, if they can continue to dominate defensively from the line, I think you can get there. I think you can get there. You know, if you end up getting there, 
and playing a, a, a Patrick Mahomes, maybe he beats you with, his, with with being able to move and being able to make the throws over the middle. Uh, you know, maybe he beats you. But I, I think they definitely are a contender because it's just they're just too strong on both sides of the ball. But we'll see. We'll see, you know, when when those things happen, man. We'll see. Um, Nick says yes. Bernard says yes. Slap Talk says yes. Robert says no. A number one seed hasn't won in over a decade. Uh, What does that mean? That's like those ESPN stats where they're like, yeah, these two teams matched up in 1974, you know? Or they're like, this quarterback historically hasn't been good against five and ten teams on Thursday nights. Bro, that doesn't mean anything. The Eagles were the number one seed when they won five years ago. <laughs> anyway, what are you talking about? There you go. A, I just said the same thing. A, thank you for being a member of the channel, of course. And he says it's highly unlikely because of Patrick Mahomes. But if you get to the Super Bowl and lose to Patrick Mahomes and, and Hurts is only in his third year in the league, that's a big-time win for me. You know, I think with, with a quarterback this young, I was just looking to see if he if he could improve in, in, his, in his passing ability from the pocket, and he has in, in by a mile. Uh, and I wanted to see them maybe stand a chance at winning a playoff game. Now I'm looking at it like, I don't see many teams that are going to stop them. I see Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I see. So I think this team should definitely, if they stay healthy and continue to do what they're doing, they should end up in the Super Bowl. And they're not they're not relatively young overall, but I think they're turning the corner every year and becoming younger at a pretty good pace. You know, your 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 Pro Bowl lineman, Jason Kelsey, uh and your and your Pro Bowl defensive lineman start to get older and you start to bring guys up who are performing <laughs> at at what seems like Pro Bowl levels. You know, Josh Sweat and, and I mean Hassan Reddick's not like young young, but um, I think they're turning the corner and getting younger at, at a good pace. You know, you, you get Jordan Mailata on the left side. Um, so I think they can be good for a lot of years also. My mom's in the chat. Everybody say hi to Mama DJ Eastwood. Uh, she says, we've never had a football guy like Hertz nor gave one the weapons the organization gave him. Boom! On the money! Where do you guys think I get it from? She knows exactly what she's talking about. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at, like, Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb had, uh, you know, natural talent and ability to heave the ball down the field, and he was a really good quarterback for for, uh, a couple years. Um... He definitely had some serious weaknesses that were exploited from time to time. And yeah, they never gave him any weapons. And the one year they gave him Terrell Owens, they went straight to the Super Bowl. So we have a guy who I think is better right now 
all around. Wow, that's wild for me to say. <laughs> that's wild for me to say. But I think Jalen Hurts is better right now all around than Donovan McNabb was. McNabb had a better long ball. Um, McNabb was a great running quarterback, too, early in his career. But he struggled with underneath passes. He struggled with intermediate slants, things like that. A lot of throws behind guys, a lot of throws at guys' feet, things like that. I think Hertz is just, he just looks like he's good at basically everything right now. And the organization gave him weapons. And they gave him young weapons who are going to be good for a long time. We're in a good place right now. We're in a good place. Philly's finest says, yes, look at the QB play. Defense is stout. If we can play like we played today, every game minus the penalties, we have a legit shot at winning it all. Number one seed incoming. I think so. I think so. Uh, Eagles versus Chiefs or Eagles versus Dolphins would be awesome. Nick Marchetti. What's up, man? That would be dope. Do you know how cool it is that uh, Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts are two top five quarterbacks in the NFL this season? Just last year, we were talking about Tua can't throw a ball longer than nine yards. We were talking about, and people were kind of saying the same thing about Jalen Hurts. I, I was. Now, both of those guys who looked like they completely struggled with standing in a pocket and getting the ball downfield accurately are two of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL the next season? That's dope for both of them. And if it would work out to where they would end up playing each other, and, and, and the fact that they played together at Alabama, you know what I mean? And you have the whole story about uh, Hertz comes in for injured uh, talk of Aloha, and then, you know, Hertz gets benched the next year, and, and Tua wins a national title. I forget how it went down, but Hertz transfers because he knew he, he was a starting level quarterback and he wasn't going to come off the bench uh, and, and kind of, you know, lessen his chances of, of standing out the NFL scouts. So he goes to Oklahoma and does what he does. Uh, so the fact that they were former teammates who technically won a, a NCAA championship together. That would be really cool if they if they ended up playing each other in the Super Bowl. That would be really cool. And I, I I've seen I've watched a couple of Dolphins games. Um, haven't really watched them intently, of course. But uh, that team hasn't been good for a lot of years, and you know it's it's it's, it's cool for the Miami Dolphins too to finally feel like my Miami Dolphins fans to finally feel like they have somebody that they can look toward the future for uh, with also. You know what I mean? Rob R., man, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate that. Of course, the Howie Roseman redemption arc is nearing completion. Hey, man. <laughs> it is wild how much Howie Roseman redeemed himself. Um, And he drafted Jalen Hurts, and I don't care what anybody says. He did not draft Jalen Hurts with the intention of Jalen Hurts being a starting NFL quarterback. He thought Jalen Hurts coming out of the draft was exactly what Jalen Hurts was coming out of the draft, which was a a mobile QB who could get things done with his legs, can make a throw here and there, could could win you a couple games when your quarterback's injured, 
And he even said that. He said, I drafted Jalen Hurts because every single playoffs, Carson Wentz was hurt. And people, you know, we all thought he drafted him too high. We wanted a top receiver for Wentz. We were irate at the time. Anyone who says they weren't is absolutely lying. So Wentz requests a trade. All this stuff goes down. And he has to put all his eggs in one basket. He has to hope that Jalen Hurts can become a franchise-level quarterback. And Jalen Hurts did it. Jalen Hurts did it. And then how he just... The, the, what he's been doing across the NFL is just ridiculous. Um, you know, and ever since he was hired in 2000, this team's been good. Think about that for a second. The, the, the Philadelphia Eagles were not good in the 90s. They were not good. I used to wear a, a Eagles starter jacket in elementary school and get made fun of because we had, like, Coy Detmer. You know? Our best receiver was... Like, uh, uh, what was his name, man? Fred, Fred Irving Fryer? Irving Fryer. Who the hell? Then, the you know, Andy Reid takes over, of course, uh, who every team he's ever coached has been good. He takes over. He changes the entire culture and mentality of the, of the front office, focusing on the offensive line, the defensive line. You win the game in the trenches. And he kind of brings Howie Roseman under his wing. And now you can tell every single season that's Howie Roseman's plan. You know, win in the trenches. Have a strong offensive and defensive line. You can't win anything without that. But Andy Reid never drafted skill positions. He never, he would never look at a wide receiver in the first round. He just wouldn't do it. He never would do it. He would say, I can get a guy in the second or the third or the fourth or via trade or free agency or whatever. He just would never do it. And, uh, and Donovan McNabb was thrown to James Thrash and Todd Pinkston for 10 years. You know? I think Howie Roseman takes it a step further. He says, I know you need strong offensive line and defensive line to win in the NFL, but also I'm going to find ways to get top talent at the skill positions. So I think that's the difference. I think Howie has mastered it. And he's built, right now, the most complete Philadelphia Eagles team on paper that I've seen in my life. 2017 team obviously was a strong team. It was one of the best defenses in the NFL. It was the best rush defense in the NFL. Um, Carson Wentz was lights out. We had weapons. Alshon Jeffrey was still producing. Uh, we had two, three stud running backs. And Foles wins the Super Bowl. Um, our secondary gave up, what, 500 passing yards in the Super Bowl. And then I can look at the 2004 team and say, that was the strongest team I've ever seen as, as an Eagles fan. Uh, Jim Johnson, defensive coordinator, of course. But, you know, Brian Dawkins, uh, Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, uh, Jeremiah Trotter, all of the, all the defensive guys, Hugh Douglas. Um, that defense was crazy. You had T.O. on the offensive side of the ball and McNabb and Brian Westbrook and Jason Avant. That was a fun team. But I do think this team right now, is stronger 
than the 2004 team and the 2017 team. There's just no denying it. There's just no denying it, man. I guess let's go look at the uh, what, what we got left on the schedule. And, you know, because it, especially according to other fan bases, we have the easiest schedule in the, in the, in the NFL, and they're mad about it. Um, I guess we're going to get a couple of, uh, of good tests, right? So the New York Giants, who we did not play yet this season, so we get to play them uh, next week and the last week of the season. But the New York Giants are 7-4 and four and 1 now that they tied the Commanders today. But they're a lot better, I guess, than, than anyone's expected them to be, right? Um, so we'll see. You know, it, it's a seven and four team. I, I'm not too sure if that's a, a strong seven and four or if, you know, I don't know. To me, it's still the New York Giants. It's still Daniel Jones, you know? So I think we should beat up the New York Giants. Maybe we struggle with them. You know, it's a, it's an in conference game. What do we have a game last year where we won by, a uh, 61 yard field goal or the year before they're always nail biters we lost a bad one to the Giants last year actually Hurts wasn't good at all in that game but uh, so we got the Giants next week if we take care of them as easily as we just took care of the Tennessee Titans then I think we're even more so saying this is a very strong team you know yeah you're not playing the top teams in the NFL but you're taking care of these teams like you should then we get the Chicago Bears. That should be a dub, right? And we get the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are 8-3. and three. We took care of them once already this season. They had Cooper Rush back there. That's the one excuse their fan base has, even though Cooper Rush was 4-0. And they thought, oh, look, you know, uh, we, we might have a quarterback controversy. Cooper Rush might be taking Dak Prescott's job. They play us. Cooper Rush gets Cooper smashed into the ground, has an awful game. And they start saying, oh, well, that was our backup quarterback. You know, wait till Dak's in there. Wait till Dak's in there. Wait till Dak's in there. So the Cowboys are eight and three. Um, Are they playing right now or did they play on? Thursday night, or do they play on Monday night? Let's look at the Cowboys' schedule and see what they've been doing. You know, uh, Cooper Rush was 4-0. They lost the first week where Dak got injured, and Cooper Rush goes 4-0 against the Cincinnati Bengals, the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders, and the Rams, who the Rams have been a disappointment after winning the Super Bowl. Cowboys lose to the Eagles, 26-17. They beat the Lions. They beat the Bears. They lose to the Green Bay Packers, who we took care of. Not going to say easily. We had a lot of slip-ups in that game, a lot of mistakes in that game, a lot of weird things happened in that game, but we still pulled out a dub. Cowboys beat the Minnesota Vikings 40-3. to They beat the Giants last week 28-20. to Oh, they played tonight at 8-20. Indianapolis Colts. All right, cool. Excited to watch that. Um, yeah, we got the Giants next week. Then we got the Cowboys. Seven and four Giants, eight and three Cowboys. I don't want to hear shit if we take care of both of those teams. No, we got the Giants, Bears, then the Cowboys. Then we got the Saints on January 1st. 
New Year's Day. Ooh, 1 p.m. Why's that got to be on New Year's Day, man? I was going to go to Philly for the Mummers Parade on New Year's Day. Hmm, I'm going to have to look at that. I might just go to Philly in general. I might go. I don't think I'm going to go to the game because I don't prefer watching the game in the stadium. Uh, But I might go watch it at Xfinity Live Center. I might go tailgate and hang out. Or is that in New Orleans? No, that's in Philly. New Year's Day in Philly, 1 p.m. New Orleans Saints, who we own their first round pick. And they are 4-8. and eight. <laughs> um, And then we got the New York Giants the last game of the season. So realistically, we're eleven and one. There's no reason. I say we drop one of them to the Giants. I'll say that. I will say that. I'll say we drop one of them to the Giants. I'll say they have a game. We have a game where we make a couple mistakes, shoot ourselves in the foot a couple times, and uh, you know maybe Daniel Jones gets a little ninety-five yard run where he falls on his face. Um. 14 and 15 and 2. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. 11 and 1, 5 games left. 15 and 1. 15 and 2. 14 and 2. Do some math, Eastwood. 14 and 2. I'm with that. Meet and greet at Xfinity. Um, we can do that. I, I don't like. <laughs> I don't even think of myself as like a, a person like that. That's what's funny about when people say meet and greet or something like that. Like, I'll just show up to the bar because, like, you know, I'm just a normal person. I don't know. I'm not a celebrity. I am a podcast host, but I won't set up a meet and greet. I'll just be like, "Hey, I'm at Xfinity. Come, come hang out. <laughs> Let's do that." Let's do that, man. Let's do that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Eagles take care of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, 35 to 10. Game wasn't close from start to finish. Took care of them offensively. We took care of them defensively. What can you really say? We're 11 and 1. And uh, we'll see what happens next week, man. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, every other podcast platform. Run it back, Philly. On Apple Podcasts, go give me a review. Hit the like button right now. 164 people in here. I need 164 likes. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Test me, test me, test me, test me.